Thank you for joining the live broadcast of East Bay Bible Fellowship in Alameda, California. We pray that you'll be blessed by the worship and the preaching of God's Word. If you have any questions or would like to find out more about our service times and location, feel free to call us at 510-697-8220 or go to our website at ebbfellowship.com. That's ebbfellowship.com. Thank you and God bless. Sorry, we still have some more people coming, but uh, I think Jesus is ready. And, uh, so good to see everybody out on a Thursday night. And uh, I know it's not easy to always get here, and it's cold, and, but we're here, and Jesus is here. And uh, let's uh, let's let's start off tonight with some praise and worship. And then we're going to take a few prayer requests. And uh, Amen. Hallelujah, Sister Paula.
Amen. I want to take a few seconds out here and very quickly uh, before uh, we go any further, I want to take some prayer requests. But uh, right off, uh, right off the top, I want to pray for uh, brother and sister Ruano. Amen. God bless you, brother Jason. Uh, I want to pray for brother and sister Ruano. Uh, that's Orson and Adami. I'm sure most of you have met them. Um, they, they applied for an apartment. They live in Daly City right now, but they applied for an apartment in San Leandro. And so they're really excited about the possibility of getting that. They're trying to move over here. And uh, so we, we want to get as many of our families uh, that might be living far away uh, over to the East Bay. Many of them want to live here, but um, it's just a transitional thing. So uh, uh, let's pray for that. Um, and uh, yeah, any other prayer requests? Very quickly, any other prayer requests? Sister Janelle. Yeah. Um, also, my bosses. Sure. All of them. All right. Let's pray for her job situation instead of sister. Um, Jason has a really bad two infected toes right now, so we're we'll having oh, to get okay. him after. Oh. But if I could pray for him, that he yeah. just gets some relief. Yeah. Let's pray for Jason. Pray Amen. For Our God's a healer. Hallelujah. Our God's a healer. We're gonna pray for him. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I believe God can heal him tonight. Amen. In Jesus' name. Anyone else? Praise God. All right. Jathan, why don't you come up here? Let's pray for Jathan first. Come on up here, son. Hallelujah. We're going to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Just lift up your hands. Amen. Everyone just stretch out your hands to the front. Hallelujah. Jesus, you said, suffer not the little ones to come unto you. And Jesus, I'm asking you right now, by the power and by the authority of your word, God, to heal him, God, of every infection, oh God, in the name of Jesus, Satan, you're alive, we rebuke and we bind the spirit of fear, I pray for peace, in the name of Jesus, and I pray right now, God, for divine healing of his feet, in the name of the Lord Jesus, God, your word said, is there any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church, that they may pray for the anointing of oil. Let the prayer of faith will heal the sick. I pray for a healing right now from the top of his hand, from the bottom of his feet. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a great big hand of praise. God, I thank you for your healing. God, I thank you for your healing. God, I thank you for your healing. Oh, God, we pray today, God, for Janelle, God, in her work situation. We pray for her employers, God, and for her extended family. God, we pray that you would move on every single one of them. We pray, God, for your blessing and for your direction. God, we pray, God, for your hand to be in the midst of everything. Lord, we pray today, God, for brother and sister Ruano, God, and we're asking you, Lord, to open the doors for them to live out here in the East Bay. God, we pray, Lord, hallelujah, that your blessing, that your favor, and that your grace, God, hallelujah, would shower down on your people in Jesus' name. And everybody shout a great big healthy amen. 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 God bless you. Let's give the Lord one more good hand. Hallelujah. We have several announcements here tonight. So this month we are, uh, of course, we are doing our uh, Building Stronger Families. 
And uh, so every single lesson, every single sermon this month will be dedicated to uh, the family and uh, making the family stronger. And uh, we, uh, uh, on the 22nd of this month, we'll be having our children's dedication service uh, at 10.30 a.m. There is a slight chance we might move it to 1.30 a.m., but right now we're keeping it at 10.30 a.m. We'll have the Spanish brethren come on in. It will get packed out, I promise you. Uh, so, um, but that'll be at 10.30 a.m. Bishop Jimmy Shoemake uh, and Bobby Shoemake will be here. I already talked to him. Uh, he's going to be here. Uh, he's going to preach. Uh, he's going to lay hands on our kids. And all our kids will be radically changed for eternity. They will behave. They will be quiet. They'll take showers and everything. So you, you don't want to miss that service. Uh, and uh, hallelujah. So that'll be very good. And then that following week right now, I am currently in uh, discussions with a very good friend of mine. He and his wife are, are therapists and counselors. They're going to come on a uh, Thursday and a Friday, and they're going to do uh, uh, um, a men and a woman's deal. And then I think either Saturday or whatever, I kind of leaving it up to them. We'll do a combined deal uh, for the family. It's going to be phenomenal. They're great people. Uh, you won't want to miss that. So um, we're going we're gonna to walk out of January pumped, uh, excited, uh, not perfect, hallelujah, uh, but we're going to walk out much stronger than, than we entered into January. So please, mark all those dates on your calendar, and of course, we're here Thursday and Friday nights for Bible study and prayer, and uh, amen. Uh, so let's get right into the Word of God. Uh, we're going to start in the book of Exodus chapter 20 tonight. Thank you, Sister Prado, hallelujah. Uh, we're going to start in the book of Exodus chapter 20. And verse number 12. And the title for tonight's uh, lesson is called Pleading the Fifth. Hallelujah. Pleading the Fifth. Uh, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12. A uh, very familiar passage of scripture. It says, Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon, uh, upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. Let's read that all together in concert. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Several years ago, a woman in Brooklyn, New York, was brutally killed in the courtyard of her housing projects in broad daylight. Immediately, everyone began to wonder how this happened, not in terms of violence, but in terms of no one intervening. The police later collected no less than 70 reports of eyewitnesses who said they saw the whole thing take place. Furthermore, they witnessed each other witnessing the whole thing. Yet none of them called the police. Immediately, every began, everyone began to wonder why. And shortly thereafter, sociologists and psychologists got involved and began to study this peculiar case. Why did all of these people not call the police? The reason was actually rather simple, because each of them assumed that the other was going to do it. There were so many people watching that everyone just thought, surely someone else will call the police. And what ended up happening was no one called the police. Research has since shown that when people are in large groups, their ability to react morally and ethically breaks down. The breakdown in response comes as a result of assuming that within the group, uh, others will do what's right. 
Conversely, when a person knows that they are the only one responsible for doing what's right, moral and ethical reactions are much stronger. I think that God was ahead of the curve when he delivered the Ten Commandments. And he used the word you instead of we. None of the Ten Commandments say, we shall not steal. We shall not commit adultery. We shall not bear false witness. All of them say, you, not we. The Fifth Commandment, to honor your mother and your father, is no different. God did not say, we will honor our mother and our father. He said, you will honor your mother and your father. Had God said we instead of you, many of us would simply respond by saying, let someone else honor their mother and their father. And I I don't think that uh, I don't think that even in this room, there might not be some of us who would be guilty of saying, yeah, you just don't know my mom and dad. Hallelujah. Um, But really, the Bible is not asking us to evaluate, to critique or to even judge our parents. It's simply telling us. To honor our parents. And that word honor really in the Hebrew is a better translation would be respect. To respect your mother and your father. The fifth commandment is binding in ways that shocks the imagination. We honor not only on merit but on rank. Civilly there are a number of people who may not merit our respect as people. But they do because of their rank. How many times have we been pulled over by a police officer who we weren't too crazy about? How many times have we gone to court and stood in front of a judge who we weren't too crazy about? Or how about a president that we're not too crazy about? But we honor them or we respect them. Why? Because of their rank. Not because of their merit, but because of their rank. I can distinctly remember when I first got saved, and I'm a little embarrassed of saying this today uh, because our relationship is so much better But I remember when I first got saved in my living room, I was receiving a Bible study from my pastor and we were going through the Ten Commandments. And I remember raising my hand at the Fifth Commandment and I asked my pastor, I said, do I really need to honor my mother and my father considering all the things I've seen that aren't so honorable? And what I was missing was the point of the scripture. God was not asking me to imitate my mother and father. God was asking me to honor my mother and my father, to respect my mother and my father. My experience wasn't going to change the commandment. Nothing that your parents do to you is going to change God's mind about you having to honor your mother and your father. Your age doesn't even change your need to respect your mom and dad. Amen. Hallelujah. It's getting quiet, but hey, amen. Hallelujah. And trust me, I'm not preaching to the kids. I'm preaching to all of us. And if you think that this sermon might seem a little kiddish, I want you to know I'm going to teach on the principles of stronger families because I want the devils in the East Bay to know we stand on the word of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, You see, believe it or not, there is a resentment that emerges from indebtedness. Um, I don't know if... How many people here have ever had a debt? Amen. I've had a debt. Um, uh, All you need to do is get into a little bit of conflict with your debtor. And you know that there's a lot of resentment that begins to emerge. And even though Capital One's not a person, you really do hate them. (laughs) And uh, uh, even though uh, Wells Fargo is not a person, that late fee makes you want to knock someone out. Hallelujah. If, you know, before you're a Christian. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's... 
it's incredible the amount of resentment that can emerge from indebtedness. But that, that resentment grows even stronger uh, when we receive a gift, like the one we call life, uh, that we cannot repay. It doesn't matter how bad your mom or dad is. They did give you the gift of life. Amen. And that's something you cannot repay. And while we may not be happy with our life, and while we may not think that our life is the greatest, the truth is all of us on some level are glad to be alive. Gifts don't always generate gratitude. Amen. If that was the case, people who receive free money from the government or anybody else would be some of the best citizens there are. (laughs) But that's not always the case. Just because somebody gives us something does not mean that we are going to be grateful. Uh, Not even the gift of life that we receive from God and our parents will necessarily cause us to feel that we can respect them. There are many psychologists and therapists staying employed today simply because people resent not being able to absolve themselves of the debt they owe to their mother and their father that brought them into the world. The attempt to undermine the fifth commandment has taken on a whole new level. Children from very early on are exposed to images of women and men that do not resemble real life mothers and fathers. Amen. This is one of the reasons, not the reason, but this is one of the reasons we do uh, try to uh, uh, curve uh, as much as possible Hollywood's influence on us. Because the reality is, is that those images being projected, not only to us as adults, but even to our children, uh, they're fake. They're illusions. They're not real. Uh, You'll see this, you know, this image of this woman who's had, you know, maybe, well, they don't really even have too many kids in Hollywood. But if she does have a kid, she still weighs, you know, 100 pounds dripping wet. And, you know, father's got a six pack. And I'm not talking about alcohol you know he's he's just trim and you know they have a family Lamborghini instead of a van you know it's just but that's not the way life really is Um, that's just not the way parents really look Uh, but this onslaught of imagery leaves people feeling like their mothers and fathers are beyond respect when you see these fake models these fake images amen of, of, of what Hollywood of the world says a mother and father should be it does challenge your ability to respect your parents. When you see these idealistic families where nothing is wrong, nothing is dysfunctional, everything operates smoothly. And if, and if nothing else, at the end of half an hour, everything works out. Wow. Amen. It makes it harder for you to respect your parents. Why? Because you've been fed a lie. Fed a lie yeah. The fifth commandment is one of the only few that gives us a reason for why we're supposed to observe yeah. it. A lot of people that read the other part, and actually the fifth commandment is one of the only commandments that the Apostle Paul quotes in its entirety in the New Testament. And he says, honor your mother and your father that your days might be long on the earth. I used to read that and always think like, man, if I respect my mom and dad, here's a promise. And I will tell you this, short commercial, every friend I have that did dishonor their parents in uh, in any way, especially in in, in an exaggerated way, is dead. Uh, I have seen that with my own eyes. Kids who do not listen to their parents, whether they're teenagers or little kids, I promise you, they will live short lives. But if you respect your parents and you listen to your mother and father, you'll live a long life. But more more than anything, uh, the, the commandment is actually not giving us a promise. It's actually giving us a reason why we should obey the scripture. And the reason is that our days might be long upon the earth. A society, a community, a civilization, etc. Its longevity depends on this most fundamental concept 
of children respecting their parents. Amen. This is where it all begins. If we want to continue to have a society or a community or whatever, we need people that are going to feel a sense of obligation. Amen. To honor, to respect authority. The, I want you to notice the Bible says, love God, love your wife, love your neighbor, love the stranger. There's all these people it tells us to love, but it does not tell you to love your parents. It tells you to honor your parents. Right. And, and what it's, it tells you to respect your parents. And what the scripture is doing is it's letting you know there are some things in life. It's not about feelings. It's about principles. It's about just doing it no matter how hard it is, no matter how bad they are, no matter how much you don't think they merit it. They have the rank. Parents are special. Right. Hallelujah. Thank you. Somebody. Parents. <laughs> All the parents should shout. Amen. Parents are special. Amen. We wouldn't be here without our parents. Amen. We need to honor them. We need to respect them. Amen. But I'm going to take a little turn here in the road. And I'm going to say that not only are we to honor our mother and our father, we as adults need to honor motherhood and fatherhood. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Our society is breaking down, not because children are disobedient, although that is one of the effects. But our society is breaking down as well because parents are not honoring their own position. Good. Who could read? Pro- well, yeah, let's 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 go to the book of Proverbs. But I'm going to start off with Proverbs 31. And I want to talk to the mothers just for a second to the ladies in general. Hallelujah. Proverbs 31 on two on two different occasions speaks about being an excellent. Everyone say excellent. Excellent. Talks about being an excellent wife. And uh, before I go any further, let me say this. Uh, Well, I'll just I'll, I'll move forward. But it talks about being an excellent wife. Excellence is an attitude, not a talent. Amen. Excellent. Notice Proverbs does not say be a perfect wife. It does not say be the ideal wife. It doesn't say that. It says to be an excellent wife. And excellence is an attitude. It's not a talent. Nobody is born with excellence. It's, it's, it's not even a skill. You work at excellence. And at the heart of excellence, you know what excellence really is? is it's not you doing my best. It's you doing your best. It's not you doing Martha Stewart's best. It's doing your best. It's not you doing, uh, uh, you know, leave it to Beaver's mom's best. It's doing your best. It's you uh, uh, doing your best uh, with your kids, doing your best at your marriage, uh, doing your best at whatever motherhood is. You, you ought to do that to your best. Uh, that may not be as good as somebody else's best, but I promise you, if, if, if you set out to be excellent about being a mother, amen, God is going to bless you. God is going to bless your children. God is going to bless your home. God is going to bless your marriage. Can you say amen? Who could read Proverbs 1, 8 through 9? Hallelujah. Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. Hallelujah. Anyone, someone, Sister Prada. Oh, you got it, Janelle? Yeah. Okay. Proverbs Proverbs 1. Chapter 1. Yes. Verses 8 through 9. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother. For they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. All right. Uh, Everyone say law. 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 That word law there in the Hebrew is actually the same word that they used for the first five books of the Old Testament, the word law there is Torah. And the word Torah literally means teaching. That's what, that's what 
The word Torah really means. It means teaching. Uh, so if we were to read that again, it would say, Forsake not thy, your mother's teachings. Um, uh, one version uh, says it this way. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and ornaments about your neck. Uh, and it's not talking about Christmas uh, costumes. Hallelujah. But, but being that we're fresh out of Christmas, I hope that right now we, we would all know exactly what a wreath is. Uh, we have one on, front, on our front door. And I think we all know what ornaments are. But, but it's saying that this is the way that a mother's role model, that a mother's modeling uh, should be towards her children. Are we, uh, are we modeling for our children behaviors that they proudly would want to wear in public. Uh, Honoring the role of motherhood means, you know, the the truth of the matter is, and and I think that every married couple here at one time or another has probably probably had this discussion. Um, We've probably all had this argument at one time or another. Um, Kids, and this is actually proven, so... It doesn't even matter what discussions we've ever had. This is actually proven. Kids are going to do what they see, not what we say. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Kids are going to do what they see, not what we say. Um, in fact, this morning, not even knowing I was going to teach on this, this morning I was listening to a, a, a book. I was going through a book. And they actually, I didn't even know that they were going to talk about parenting, but they did a study with kids. And in uh, and, and one room, they had a group of kids and they showed the kids this little baby doll. And they had these adults that would play with the baby doll and, and then they would cuddle the baby doll and talk to it nicely. And then the, the adults would leave the room and leave the little baby doll in the room with the kids. And the kids would actually pick up the little baby doll and cuddle it. And the scientist, okay, the scientist their wording was almost a carbon copy of what the adults did. The kids would copy and emulate almost to the T what the parents did. In the other room, they had adults that would grab the doll and they would like bang it on the wall and throw it in the air and kick it and scream at it. And the minute the adults walked out of the room, what did the kids do? They banged the doll on the wall, they kicked it, they screamed at it. You know, kids, kids are gonna do what they see, not what we say. Kids understand the language of role model. Uh, kids understand the language of modeling. So let's, let's at home, let's, let's exemplify, let's show. Uh, you know what's really cool? The word parent comes from a Latin word. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm no Latin uh, I'm Latino, but I don't speak Latin. Uh, the, the word parent comes from a Latin word, I, I think it's parendum. And uh, it literally means to bring forth. It does, you know, we don't just bring kids up. We don't just bring children up. We bring them forth. We, 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 we produce a person that's ready to go forward into the world. And we have to remember that what we are doing, our kids are going to take to school. Our kids are going to take to jobs. Our kids are going to take into marriage. So let's bring forth some good kids. Not just with what we say, but with what we do. If you really want to see a change in your children's life, be that change. Be that change. To the best of your ability, be that change. Somebody say amen. Amen. Let's honor fatherhood. Um, There's a spirit of Laban in the world today. What is the spirit of Laban? Some of you might remember in the book of Genesis, uh, Jacob had an uncle named Laban. And Laban 
uh, Laban did a really nasty uh, switcheroo on, on Jacob. And what he did was he disguised Leah uh, as Rachel. Leah is being told by her own dad, by her own dad, that uh, she, is, she is being told by her own father that it would be better if she were as good looking as Rachel. And uh, some, she's being told really in so many words that there is someone else more attractive than her. Someone more favorable to the public opinion than she is. And there is that spirit of Laban in the world today where a lot of men uh, seem to be very unsatisfied with who their wives are. And that, that, that has a very large range. Uh, it could be anything from physical to emotional to housekeeping to whatever. But we got to shake that spirit of Laban off. Uh, if, if, if God, whoever God gives us as a wife, man, we need to thank God for that woman. Hallelujah. We don't need to insinuate. We don't need to make them feel not with our behaviors, not with our words, not with anything that they would be better if they were someone else. Hallelujah. I, God forbid that any woman uh, would ever have to live with the feeling that somebody would love them more if they were just someone else. Well, praise God. That's good preaching. Hallelujah. All right. Genesis 2 and 24. Uh, who could read that for me? Genesis 2 and 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall leave his wife and they shall be one flesh. All right. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother. I do want you to notice here. It does not say that a mother, uh, that a woman will leave her mother and father. It says that the man will. Um, I personally have a, a personal belief for that. I won't share it here. But I do believe that a lot of times uh, a woman and their mother have a very close relationship for very certain reasons. And I think the Bible supports that. However, uh, I believe that men need to get cut from the umbilical cord. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, God forbid that any of our mothers, and I'm talking to the men, uh, God forbid that any of our mothers are still counseling our wives on how we like our potatoes. Hallelujah. And uh, uh, we are to leave uh, our mother in our father's house. Uh, and when you get married, um, I, I, I'm just going to be very transparent with you. When I got married, I had a falling out with my mom. My mom loves my wife, but it wasn't about that. My, I was my mom's baby. I was her boy. I was her man. I was her little man child. And no one could take care of me like she could. Uh, but it had nothing. But I had to let her know. I'm like leaving the house. And uh, uh, my mom was like, where are you going? <laughs> and uh, she had worked very hard to raise me to pay bills. And when my father left, she, she carried a lot of weight. But when it came time for me to get married, I had to cut the umbilical cord. Hallelujah. And uh, here I am at 38 years old. And I love my mother to death. But if I had to choose, I would choose my wife. Yeah. Amen. If I had to choose between the two women, I would respect my mother. But I live with my wife. Hallelujah. So uh, let's not. Um, and and I, I'm going to be very honest and sincere with you here. I don't think that's a problem here. Uh, I don't. I really genuinely don't. But uh, let's let's not let it be a problem here. Hallelujah. Uh, tr your, your wife is going to outlive your mother. So uh, pick your wife. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll leave that sermon for another day. Praise God. Proverbs 30 and 17. We're almost done. Proverbs 30 and 17. <coughs> We're nearing the finish line here. Proverbs 30 and 17. Who's got that? The eye that mocketh at his father and 
despised it to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pick it out. Hallelujah. The eagles shall eat it. Look at that. The Bible here says that the eye that mocks at his father and despises his mother, that eye will be plucked out. The inability to see anything good in our parents, amen, is going to result in our vision being taken away from us. And, um, you know, I, I, I am talking, this, this probably can apply good to everybody, but I do feel that it applies really good to men. And that is, as we enter adulthood and as we, as we travel through adulthood and we have our own children, um, it's, it's really easy to say, man, my dad did that all wrong. Man, my mom did that all wrong. And I think it's much healthier to simply take notes and just say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. But you could, you could say, I'm not going to do that and leave the critiquing alone and leave the mocking out of it. It's possible to make little sticky notes and put them in the back of your mind and not share them with anybody and just tell yourself, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. I'm going to change. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to change the way things are done in our family. Amen. But you don't want to start mocking your parents and over criticizing your parents because what's going to happen? You're going to lose your sight. You're going to lose your vision. When you think that the very origins from which you came are nothing but despicable and dark and evil, I'm telling you, that kind of stuff, it leaks out into the rest of life. All of a sudden, you're going to think that every little problem you have on the job, amen, is, is because people hate you and nobody likes you and, and, and you're, going to, you're going to have a hard time assuming responsibility for any uh, behavior that you might have to correct. Amen. Let's not mock our parents. Amen. Let's not look at our parents with an evil eye. Amen. Because it's not going to just, uh, our eyes, as the Bible says, it will be plucked out. We'll be blinded with hate. We'll be blinded with bitterness. We'll be blinded, amen, with regret and resentment. Amen. I, I don't want to have impaired vision. Amen. Life is too precious. Hallelujah. I want to be able to see straight throughout life. And, and I'm telling my wife knows me. I, 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 I'm not preaching to you anything. I haven't had to look in the mirror and preach to myself. And I'm not, uh, or had my wife preach to me. Hallelujah. I don't, want to, I don't want to mock my parents. Hallelujah. No matter how bad they messed up, no matter how bad they did. I, I cherish my vision, amen, more than I do my critiques. Can you say amen? amen? Last verse of the night, Proverbs 13 and 22. Who can read that for me? A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. All right. And the wealth of the sinners is for the just. All right. Amen. Uh, fathers, let's honor fatherhood. How do we honor fatherhood? By leaving something behind. And... Yes, I believe that this, liter that this is literal. We should leave an inheritance. Yeah. Hallelujah. We should leave an inheritance for our children. Uh, uh, there's only one way to leave an inheritance, and I think wives should be sensitive to this. Uh, there, is, there is only one way to leave an inheritance for your children. That is to work. <laughs> and uh, you should never make your husband feel bad for working. Uh, it's one thing if he does... If he's maybe working to get away from you, <laughs> praise God, then there's probably needs to be some counseling involved. But, um, but if he's working hard to provide, let's support him in that. Amen. Uh, because there's only one way to leave an inheritance for your children, and that is to work and to work hard. Especially if you live in the Bay Area, <laughs> you're, you're going to bust your, your head. But, um, but not just, let's, let's not just focus on a financial inheritance. 
there's a greater inheritance than that. Let's leave our children the gospel. Let's leave our children truth. Let's not dilute the message of Acts 2.38. Let's not dilute the message of one God. Let's not dilute the message of holiness. Let's not dilute the message of prayer. Let's let our children. If, if I, if I want to leave any impression on my daughters. It's me waking up before them. And hearing me pray in the morning. If I want to leave any impression on my daughters. It's when they're going to college and high school. And I got young guys calling my house. And I want, I want them to hear dad praying. And, and I want them to know when they're in trouble. As, as they go through adulthood. Through high school. Through whatever. I want, I want them to know. This is how we solve things around here. We go to the problem solver. Jesus. I want to leave. I, I want to leave godly grandkids. Hallelujah. Uh, and I'm telling you right now. And, and I, I get emotional thinking about this. But I can't tell you how many times I've prayed. I'm like God. I, I want to leave a godly inheritance. Amen. I want to leave. I want to leave good kids and good grandkids on this planet when I'm done. When you are gone, the only thing left will be your kids. Amen. And your grandkids. Amen. Let's leave them a godly inheritance. Let's leave them a good inheritance. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. And uh, I know this was short, but we're, trust me, we're trucking. We're going to have some long services. But, uh, but we're trucking. We're getting the word out there and we're doing what God wants us to. And uh, I believe we're in the perfect will of God. Yeah. Tonight, before we're dismissed, we're going to pray. We're, we're going to pray that, that God touch our children with a spirit of respect and honor. Oh, yes. And we're going to pray that God make us the best that we can be. That God help us to honor and respect the role known as motherhood and fatherhood. Put in the most simplest terms, let's pray that God help us to take our roles a little more serious. Is that all right? Okay, let's lift our hands. Jesus, God, I'm asking you right now that your spirit would sweep across our children. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would give them a spirit of obedience. And I pray, God, that our children, hallelujah, would be honorable and respectful, oh God, to us as their parents, to their teachers, to authority. God, we pray that our children would not be swept away by the spirit of rebellion, God, that wants to take over this earth. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that our children would be lights and examples. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us, oh God, as parents, Lord, to honor the role of motherhood, to honor the role of fatherhood, to be the best that we can be, God. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would help us, God, to forget what we need to forget, to remember what we need to remember, and to be good parents. God, I pray for every man in this house. And I pray, God, that you would enable us to leave an inheritance. God, hallelujah, for our children and for our children's children. Help us to stand in the gap and be godly men, prayerful men, loving men, kind and gentle men. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And somebody shout amen. amen. Let's give Jesus a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. If you have your tithe and offering, feel free to give it before you leave. Amen. Otherwise, we'll see you here again on Sunday. We're going to have a good time. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.